Section forty five of Ulysses. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Ulysses by James Joyce. Episode fifteen. Circe. Part seven. The two whores rushed to the hall door. Lynch and Kitty and Zoe stampede from the room. They talk excitedly. Bloom follows. Returns. The whores. Jammed in the doorway. Pointing. Down there. Zoe. Pointing. There. There's something up. Bella. Who pays for the lamp? She seizes Bloom's coat-tail. Here, you were with him. The lamp's broken. Bloom. Rushes to the hall. Rushes back. What lamp, woman? A whore. He tore his coat. Bella. Her eyes hard with anger and cupidity. Points. Who's to pay for that? Ten shillings. You're a witness. Bloom snatches up Stephen's ash plant. Me? Ten shillings? Haven't you lifted enough off him? Didn't he? Here, none of your tall talk. This isn't a brothel. A ten shilling house. Bloom, his head under the lamp, pulls the chain. Puling, the gas jet lights up a crushed, mauve purple shade. He raises the ash plant. Only the chimney's broken. Here is all he— Bella shrinks back and screams. Jesus, don't! Bloom, warding off a blow. To show you how he hit the paper. There's not sixpence worth of damage done. Ten shillings? Flory, with a glass of water, enters. Where is he? Bella. Do you want me to call the police? Oh, I know. Bulldog on the premises. But he's a Trinity student. Patrons of your establishment. Gentlemen that pay the rent. He makes a Masonic sign. Know what I mean? Nephew of the Vice-Chancellor. You don't want a scandal. Trinity. Angrily. Coming down here ragging after the boat races and paying nothing. Are you my commander here? Or where is he? I'll charge him. Disgrace him, I will. Zoe! Zoe! And if it were your own son in Oxford? Warningly. I know. Bella, almost speechless. Who are? Incog. Zoe, in the doorway. There's a row on. What? Where? He throws a shilling on the table and starts. That's for the chimney. Where? I need mountain air. He hurries out through the hall. The whores point. Flory follows, spilling water from her tilted tumbler. On the doorstep, all the whores clustered talk volubly, pointing to the right where the fog has cleared off. From the left arrives a jingling hackney car. It slows, too, in front of the house. Bloom, at the hall door, perceives Corney Kelleher, who is about to dismount from the car with two silent lechers. He averts his face. Bella, from within the hall, urges on her whores. They blow icky-licky-sticky-yum-yum kisses. Corney Kelleher replies with a ghastly, lewd smile. The silent lechers turn to pay the jarvey. Zoe and Kitty still point right. Bloom, parting them swiftly, draws his caliph's hood and poncho, and hurries down the steps with sideways face. Incog, Harun al-Rashid, he flits behind the silent lechers and hastens on by the railings, with fleet step of a pard strewing the drag behind him, torn envelopes drenched in aniseed. The ash-plant marks his stride. A pack of bloodhounds, led by Hornblower of Trinity, brandishing a dog-whip, 
in tally-ho cap and an old pair of grey trousers, follow from far, picking up the scent, nearer, baying, panting, at fault, breaking away, throwing their tongues, biting his heels, leaping at his tail. He walks, runs, zigzags, gallops, lugs laid back. He is pelted with gravel, cabbage stumps, biscuit boxes, eggs, potatoes, dead codfish, women's slipper-slappers. After him, fresh found, the hue and cry zigzag gallops in hot pursuit of follow my leader. 65C, 66C, Night Watch, John Henry Menton, Wisdom Healy, V.B. Dillon, Councillor Nanetti, Alexander Keyes, Larry O'Rourke, Joe Cuff, Mrs. O'Dowd, Pissa Burke, the nameless one, Mrs. Riordan, the citizen, Gary Owen, who do you call him, strange face, fellow that's so like, saw him before, chap with a wen, Chris Callinan, Sir James Cameron, Benjamin Dollard, Lenehan, Bartell Darcy, Joe Hines, Red Murray, Editor Braden, T. M. Healy, Mr. Justice Fitzgibbon, John Howard Parnell, the Reverend Tinned Salmon, Professor Jolie, Mrs. Breen, Dennis Breen, Theodore Purifoy, Mina Purifoy, the Westland Row Postmistress, C. P. McCoy, Friend of Lions, Hoppy Hollahan, Man in the Street, Other Man in the Street, Football Boots, Pug-nosed driver, rich Protestant lady, Davy Byrne, Mrs. Ellen McGuinness, Mrs. Joe Gallagher, George Lidwell, Jimmy Henry on corns, Superintendent Laracy, Father Cowley, Crofton out of the Collector Generals, Dan Dawson, Dental Surgeon Bloom with tweezers, Mrs. Bob Doran, Mrs. Kennefick, Mrs. Wise Nolan, John Wise Nolan, Handsome Married Woman rubbed against white behind in Clonskeetrum, the bookseller of Sweets of Sin, Miss Dubidat and she did bedad, Madame Gerald and Stanislas Moran of Roebuck, the managing clerk of Drimmies, Weatherup, Colonel Hayes, Mastiansky, Kitron, Penrose, Aaron Figatner, Moses Herzog, Michael E. Geraghty, Inspector Troy, Mrs. Galbraith, the constable off Eccles Street Corner, Old Dr. Brady with stethoscope, the mystery man on the beach, a retriever, Mrs. Miriam Dandrade, and all her lovers. The hue and cry. Helter skelter pelter welter. He's Bloom. Stop Bloom. Stop a Bloom. Stop a robber. Hi hi. Stop him on the corner. At the corner of Beaver Street, beneath the scaffolding, Bloom, panting, stops on the fringe of the noisy quarrelling knot. A lot not knowing a jot. What high high row and wrangle round the who what brawl all together. Stephen, with elaborate gestures breathing deeply and slowly. You are my guests, uninvited, by virtue of the fifth of George and seventh of Edward. History to blame, fabled by mothers of memory. Private car to Sissy Caffrey. Was he insulting you? Stephen. Addressed her invocative feminine, probably neuter, ungenitive. Voices. No, he didn't. I've seen him. He was in Mrs. Cohen's. What's, What's up? up? Soldier and civilian. Sissy Caffrey. I was in company with the soldiers, and they left me to do, you know, and the young man ran up behind me. But I'm faithful to the man that's treating me, though I'm only a shilling whore. Stephen catches sight of Lynch's and Kitty's heads. Hail, Sisyphus. He points to himself and the others. Poetic? Er-poetic. Voices. She's faithful, the man. 
Sissy Caffrey. Yes, to go with him. And me with a soldier friend. Private Compton. He doesn't half on a thick ear, the blighter. Biff him one, Harry. Private Carr to Sissy. Was he insulting you while me and him was having a piss? Lord Tennyson. Gentleman poet in Union Jack Blazer and Cricket Flannels. Bareheaded, flowing bearded. There's not a reason why. Private Compton. Biff him, Harry. Stephen to Private Compton. I don't know your name, but you're quite right. Dr. Swift says one man in armor will be ten men in their shirts. Shirt is synecdoche. Part for the whole. Sissy Caffrey to the crowd. No, I was with the privates. Stephen, amiably. Why not? The bold soldier boy, in my opinion, every lady, for example. Private Carr, his cap awry, advances to Stephen. Say, how would it be, Governor, if I was to bash in your jaw? Very unpleasant. Looks up to the sky. Noble art of self-pretense. Personally, I detest action. He waves his hand. Hand hurts me slightly. Enfin, ce sont vos oignons. To Sissy Caffrey. Some trouble is on here. What is it precisely? Dolly Gray, from her balcony, waves her handkerchief, giving the sign of the heroine of Jericho. Rahab, Cook's son, goodbye. Safe home to Dolly. Dream of the girl you left behind, and she will dream of you. The soldiers turn their swimming eyes. Bloom, elbowing through the crowd, plucks Stephen's sleeve vigorously. Come now, Professor, that carman is waiting. Stephen turns. Eh? He disengages himself. Why should I not speak to him or to any human being who walks upright upon this oblate orange? He points his finger. I'm not afraid of what I can talk to if I see his eye, retaining the perpendicular. He staggers a pace back, Bloom propping him. Retain your own. <laughs> My centre of gravity is displaced. I have forgotten the trick. Let us sit down somewhere and discuss. Struggle for life is the law of existence, but, but human philorentists, notably the Tsar and the King of England, have invented arbitration. He taps his brow. But in here it is I must kill the priest and the king. Biddy the clap. Did you hear what the professor said? He's a professor out of college. Cunty Kate. I did. I heard that. He expresses himself with such marked refinement of phraseology. Indeed, yes. And at the same time with such apposite trenchancy. Private Carr pulls himself free and comes forward. What's that you're saying about my king? Edward the Seventh appears in an archway. He wears a white jersey, on which an image of the Sacred Heart is stitched, with the insignia of garter and thistle, golden fleece, elephant of Denmark, Skinner's and Frobin's horse, Lincoln's Inn bencher, and ancient and honourable artillery company of Massachusetts. He sucks a red jujube. He is robed as a grand, elect, perfect and sublime mason, with trowel and apron, marked made in Germany. In his left hand he holds a plasterer's bucket, on which is printed Défense du Rhiné. A roar of welcome greets him. Edward the Seventh, Slowly, solemnly, but indistinctly. Peace, perfect peace, for identification bucket in my hand. Cheerio, boys. He turns to his subjects. We have come here to witness a clean, straight fight, and we heartily wish both men the best of good luck. Mahak Makar Abak. He shakes hands with Private Carr, Private Compton, Stephen, Bloom, and Lynch. General applause. Edward the Seventh lifts his bucket graciously in acknowledgment. Private Carr to Stephen. Say it again. Stephen 
nervous, friendly, pulls himself up. I understand your point of view, though I have no king myself for the moment. This is the age of patent medicines. Discussion is difficult down there, but this is the point. You die for your country. Suppose— He places his arm on Private Carr's sleeve. Not that I wish it for you, but I say, let my country die for me. Up to the present it has done so. I don't want it to die. Damn death. Long live life. Edward the Seventh levitates over heaps of slain in the garb and with the halo of joking jesus a white jujube in his phosphorescent face my methods are new and are causing surprise to make the blind see i throw dust in their eyes stephen kings and unicorns he falls back a pace come somewhere and we'll what was that girl saying private compton hey harry give him a kick in the knackers stick one into jerry bloom to the privates softly he doesn't know what he's saying taking a little more than is good for him absinthe green-eyed monster i know him he's a gentleman a poet it's all right stephen nods smiling and laughing <laughs> gentleman patriot scholar and judge of impostors private car i don't give a bugger who he is private compton we don't give a bugger who he is stephen i seem to annoy them green rag to a bowl kevin egan of paris in black spanish tasseled shirt and peeper day boy's hat signs to stephen hello bonjour the vieille ogresse with the don Jeanet. patrice egan peeps from behind his rabbit face nibbling a quince leaf socialist don emile patrizio franz rupert pope hennessy in medieval hauberk two wild geese volant on his helm with noble indignation points a mailed hand against the privates serve those eggs to food boden big grand porkers of johnny yellow's toros covered of gravy bloom to stephen come home you'll get into trouble stephen swaying i don't avoid it he provokes my intelligence biddy the clap one immediately observes he is a patrician of lineage the virago green above the red says he wolf tone the board the red's as good as the green and better up the soldiers up king edward a rough laughs ay hands up to duet the citizen with a huge emerald muffler and shillelagh calls may the god bob send down a dove with teeth as sharp as razors to slit the throats of the english dogs that hung our irish leaders the croppy boy the rope noose round his neck gropes in his issuing bowels with both hands i bear no hate to a living thing but i love my country beyond the king rumbold demon barber accompanied by two black masked assistants advances with gladstone bag which he opens ladies and gents cleaver purchased by mrs piercy to slay mog knife with which Voisin dismembered the wife of a compatriot, and hid the remains in a sheet in the cellar, the unfortunate female's throat being cut from ear to ear. File, containing arsenic, retrieved from body of Miss Barron, which sent Seddon to the gallows. He jerks the rope. The assistants leap at the victim's legs and drag him downward, grunting, the croppy boy's tongue protrudes violently. 
He gives up the ghost. A violent erection of the hanged sends gouts of sperm spouting through his death clothes onto the cobblestones. Mrs. Bellingham, Mrs. Yelverton Barry, and the Honourable Mrs. Mervyn Tallboys rush forward with their handkerchiefs to sop it up. Rumbold. I'm near it myself. He undoes the noose. Rope, which hang the awful rebel. Ten shillings a time, as applied to her royal highness. He plunges his head into the gaping belly of the hanged, and draws out his head again, clotted with coiled and smoking entrails. My painful duty has now been done. God save the king. Edward the Seventh dances slowly, solemnly, rattling his bucket, and sings with soft contentment. On coronation day, on coronation day, oh, won't we have a merry time drinking whiskey, beer, and wine? Private Carr. Here, what are you saying about Mona King? Stephen throws up his hands. Ah, oh, this is too monotonous. Nothing. He wants my money and my life, though want must be his master for some brutish empire of his. Money I haven't. He searches his pockets vaguely. Gave it to someone. Who wants your bleeding money? Stephen tries to move off. Will someone tell me where I am least likely to meet these necessary evils? Ça se voit aussi à Paris. Not that I... But by St. Patrick. The women's heads coalesce. Old gummy granny in sugar-loaf hat appears seated on a toadstool, the death-flower of the potato blight on her breast. Aha! I know you, Gammer! Hamlet, revenge! The old sow that eats her pharaoh! Old gummy granny, rocking to and fro. Ireland, sweetheart, the king of Spain's daughter, Hollander, strangers in my house, bad manners to them she keens with banshee woe oh johnny oh johnny silk of the kine she wails ah you met with poor old ireland and how does she stand how do i stand you the hat trick where's the third person of the blessed trinity sogartharoon the reverend carrion crow sissy caffrey shrill Stop them from fighting! A rough. Our men retreated. Private Carr, tugging at his belt. I'll wring the neck of any fucker says a word against my fucking king. Bloom, terrified. He said nothing, not a word, a pure misunderstanding. The citizen. Erin Gobrach. Major Tweedy and the citizen exhibit to each other medals, decorations, trophies of war, wounds. Both salute with fierce hostility. Private Compton. Go it, Harry. Do him one in the eye. He's a prober. Stephen. Did I? When? Bloom to the Redcoats. We fought for you in South Africa. Irish missile troops. Isn't that history? Royal Dublin Fusiliers. Honored by our monarch. The Navy staggering past. Oh, yes. Oh, God. Yes. Oh. Make the guar grow ar. Oh. Oh. Casked halberdiers in armor thrust forward a pentis of gutted spear-points major tweedy moustached like turco the terrible in bearskin cap with hackle plume and accoutrement with epaulettes gilt chevrons and sabre tache his breast bright with medals toes the line 
he gives the pilgrim warrior's sign of the knight's templars major tweedy growls gruffly rourke's drift up guards and adam mahar solol hashbaz private car what do we mean private compton waves the crowd back fair play here make a bleeding butcher shop of the bugger massed bands blair gary owen and god save the king sissy caffrey they're going to fight for me cunty kate the brave and the fair biddy the clap methinks yon stable knight will joust it with the best cunty kate blushing deeply nay madam the gules doublet and merry saint george for me stephen the harlot's cry from street to street shall weave old ireland's winding sheet private car loosening his belt shouts i'll wring the neck of any fucking bastard says a word against my bleeding fucking king bloom shakes sissy caffrey's shoulders speak you are you struck dumb you are the link between nations and generations speak woman sacred life-giver sissy caffrey alarmed seizes private car's sleeve Am't I with you? Am't I your girl? This is your girl? She cries, Police! Stephen, ecstatically, to Sissy Caffrey. White thy fambles, red thy gan, and thy quorons dainty is. Voices. Police! Distant voices. Dublin's burning! Dublin's burning! On fire! On fire! Brimstone fires spring up dense clouds roll past heavy gatling guns boom pandemonium troops deploy gallop of hoofs artillery horse commands bells clang backers shout drunkards brawl whores screech foghorns hoot cries of valour shrieks of dying pikes clash on cuirasses thieves rob the slain birds of prey winging from the sea rising from marshlands swooping from eyries hover screaming gannets cormorants vultures goshawks climbing woodcocks peregrines merlins black grouse sea eagles gulls albatrosses barnacle geese the midnight sun is darkened the earth trembles the dead of dublin from prospect and mount jerome in white sheepskin overcoats and black goat-fell cloaks arise and appear to many a chasm opens with a noiseless yawn tom rochford winner in athlete's singlet and breeches arrives at the head of the national hurdle handicap and leaps into the void he is followed by a race of runners and leapers in wild attitudes they spring from the brink their bodies plunge factory lasses with fancy clothes toss red-hot yorkshire borough bombs society ladies lift their skirts above their heads to protect themselves laughing witches in red cutty sarks ride through the air on broomsticks quaker lyster plasters blisters it rains dragon's teeth armed heroes spring up from furrows they exchange in amity the pass of knights of the red cross and fight duels with cavalry sabres Wolf Tone against Henry Grattan, Smith O'Brien against Daniel O'Connell, Michael Davitt against Isaac Butt, Justin McCarthy against Parnell, Arthur Griffin against John Redmond, John O'Leary against Lero Johnny, 
Lord Edward Fitzgerald against Lord Gerald Fitzedward, the O'Donoghue of the Glens against the Glens of the O'Donoghue. On an eminence, the centre of the earth, rises the felled altar of St. Barbara. Black candles rise from its gospel and epistle horns, from the high barbicans of the tower, two shafts of light fall on the smoke-palled altar-stone. On the altar-stone Mrs. Mina Purifoy, goddess of unreason, lies naked, fettered, a chalice resting on her swollen belly. Father Malachy O'Flynn, in a lace petticoat and reversed chasuble, his two left feet back to the front, celebrates camp mass. The Reverend Mr. Hugh C. Haynes Love, M.A., in a plain cassock and mortarboard, his head and collar back to the front, holds over the celebrant's head an open umbrella. Father Malachy O'Flynn. Introibo ad altare diaboli. The Reverend Mr. Haynes Love. To the devil which hath made glad my young days. Father Malachy O'Flynn takes from the chalice and elevates a blood-dripping host. Corpus meum. The Reverend Mr. Haynes Love raises high between the celebrant's petticoat, revealing his grey, bare, hairy buttocks, between which a carrot is stuck. My body. The voice of all the damned. From on high, the voice of Adonai calls. The voice of all the blessed. Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. From on high, the voice of Adonai calls. God. In strident discord, peasants and townsmen of orange and green factions sing Kick the Pope and Daily, Daily Sing to Mary. Private Carr, with ferocious articulation. Oh, do he mean so help me fucking Christ? I'll ring the bastard fucker's bleeding blasted fucking windpipe. Old Gummy Granny thrusts a dagger towards Stephen's hand. Remove him, Akushla. At 8.35 a.m. you will be in heaven, and Ireland will be free. She prays. Ah, oh, good God, take him. The retriever, nosing on the fringe of the crowd, barks noisily. Bloom runs to Lynch. Can't you get him away? Lynch. He likes dialectic, the universal language. Kitty! To Bloom. Get him away, you. He won't listen to me. He drags Kitty away. Stephen points. Exit Judas. At Lockwell's is suspended. Bloom runs to Stephen. Come along with me now before worse happens. Here's your stick. Stick? No. Reason. This feast of pure reason. Sissy Caffrey, pulling private car. Come on, you're boost. He insulted me, but I forgive him. Shouting in his ear. I forgive him for insulting me. Bloom, over Stephen's shoulder. Yes, go. You see he's incapable. Private car breaks loose. All you saw him. He rushes towards Stephen, fist outstretched, and strikes him in the face. Stephen totters, collapses, falls, stunned. He lies prone, his face to the sky, his hat rolling to the wall. Bloom follows and picks it up. Major Tweedy, loudly. Carbine in bucket. Cease fire. Salute. The retriever, barking furiously. The crowd. Let him up. Don't strike him when he's down. Air. Ooh, the soldier hit him. 
He's a professor. Is he hurted? Don't manhandle him. He's fainted. A hag. What call had the red coat to strike the gentleman and he under the influence? Let them go and fight the boors. The board. Listen to who's talking. Hasn't the soldier a right to go with his girl? He gave him the coward's blow. They grab at each other's hair, claw at each other, and spit. The retriever, barking. Woo! 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 Bloom shoves them back. Loudly. Get back! Stand back! Private Compton, tugging his comrade. Here, bugger off, Harry. Here's the cops. Two rain-capped watch, tall, stand in the group. First watch. What's wrong here? Private Compton. We were with this lady, and he insulted us, and insulted my chum. The retriever barks. Who owns the bleeding tyke? Sissy Caffrey, with expectation. Is he bleeding? A man, rising from his knees. No, gone off. He'll come too, all right. Bloom glances sharply at the man. Leave him to me. I can easily. Second watch. Who are you? Do you know him? Private Carr lurches towards the watch. He insulted my lady friend. Bloom, angrily. You hit him without provocation. I'm a witness. Constable, take his regimental number. Second watch. I don't want your instructions in the discharge of my duty. Private Compton, pulling his comrade. Here, bugger off, Harry, or Bennett will shove you in the lockup. Private Carr, staggering as he is pulled away. God fuck old Bennett. He's a white-ass bugger. I didn't give a shit for him. First watch. Takes out his notebook. What's his name? Bloom, peering over the crowd. I just see a car there. If you give me a hand a second, Sergeant. First watch. Name and address. Corny Kelleher, weepers round his hat, a death wreath in his hand, appears among the bystanders. Bloom, quickly. Oh, the very man. He whispers. Simon Dedalus, son. A bit sprung. Get those policemen to move those loafers back. Second watch. Night, Mr. Kelleher. Corny Kelleher to the watch with drawling eye. That's all right. I know him. Win a bit on the raises. Gold cup. Throw away. He laughs. Twenty to one. Do you follow me? First watch. Turns to the crowd. Here. What are you all gaping at? Move on out of that. The crowd disperses slowly, muttering down the lane. Corny Kelleher. Leave it to me, sergeant. That'll be all right. He laughs, shaking his head. We were often as bad ourselves, I or worse, what? Hey, what? First watch. Laughs. I suppose so. Corny Kelleher nudges the second watch. Come and wipe your name off the slate. He lilts, wagging his head. With my tooraloom, 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 tooraloom. What, eh? Do you follow me? Second watch. Genially. Ah, sure we were too. Corny Kelleher, winking. Boys will be boys. I have a car around there. Second watch. All right, Mr. Kelleher. Good night. I'll see to that. Bloom shakes hands with both of the watch in turn. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Thank you. He mumbles confidentially. We don't want any scandal, you understand. Father's well-known, highly respected citizen. Just a little wild oats, you understand. First watch. Oh, I understand, sir. Second watch. It's all right, sir. First watch. It was only in case of corporal injuries I'd have to report it at the station. Naturally. Nods rapidly. Quite right. Only your bounded duty. Second watch. It's our duty. Corny Kelleher. Good night, men. The watch. Saluting together. Night, night gentlemen. gentlemen. 
they move off with slow, heavy tread. Bloom blows. Providential, you came on the scene. You have a car? Corny Kelleher laughs, pointing his thumb over his right shoulder to the car brought up against the scaffolding. Two commercials that were standing fizz and jammed, like Princess Faith. One of them lost two quid on the race, drowning his grief, and were on for a go at the Jolly Girls. So I landed them up on Behan's car and down to Night Town. I was just going home by Gardner Street when I happened to... Corny Kelleher laughs. Sure they wanted me to join in with the moths. No, by God, says I, not for old staggers like myself and yourself. He laughs again and leers with lacklustre eye. Thanks be to God, we have it in the house. What? Hey, do you follow me? <laughs> Bloom tries to laugh. <laughs> yes. Matter of fact, I was just visiting an old friend of mine there, Virag. You don't know him. Poor fellow, he's laid up for the past week. And we had a liquor together, and I was just making my way home. The horse neighs. <laughs> sure it was Behan or Jarvie there that told me after we left the two commercials in Mrs. Cohen's, and I told him to pull up and got off to see. He laughs. Sober hearse driver's a specialty. Will I give him a lift home? Where does he hang out? Somewhere in Cabra, what? No, in Sandy Cove, I believe, from what he let drop. Stephen, prone, breathes to the stars. Corny Keller, a squint, drawls at the horse. Bloom, in gloom, looms down. Corny Kelleher scratches his nape. Sandy Cove. He bends down and calls to Stephen. Eh? He calls again. Eh? He's covered with shavings, anyhow. Take care they didn't lift anything off him. No, no, no. I have his money and his hat here, and stick. Ah, well, he'll get over it. No bones broken. Well, I'll shove along. He laughs. I've a rendezvous in the morning, burying the dead. Safe home. The horse neighs. <laughs> Good night. I'll just wait and take him along in a few. Corny Kelleher returns to the outside car and mounts it. The horse harness jingles from the car, standing. Night. Night. The Jarvie chucks the reins and raises his whip encouragingly. The car and horse back slowly, awkwardly, and turn. Corny Kelleher on the side seat sways his head to and fro in sign of mirth at Bloom's plight. The Jarvie joins in the mute pantomimic merriment, nodding from the farther seat. Bloom shakes his head in mute, mirthful reply. With thumb and palm, Corny Kelleher reassures that the two bobbies will allow the sleep to continue, for what else is to be done. With a slow nod, Bloom conveys his gratitude, as that is exactly what Stephen needs. The car jingles Touraloom round the corner of the Touraloom lane. Corny Kelleher again reassurelooms with his hand. Bloom, with his hand, assurelooms Corny Kelleher that he is reassurelumte. The tinkling hoofs and jingling harness grow fainter with their Touraloolululay. Bloom, holding in his hand Stephen's hat, festooned with shavings and ash-plant, stands irresolute. Then he bends to him and shakes him by the shoulder. Hey, ho! Oh. There is no answer. He bends again. Mr. Dedalus! There is no answer. The name, if you call, somnambulist. He bends again and, hesitating, brings his mouth near the face of the prostrate form. Stephen! There is no answer. He calls again. Stephen! Stephen! 
groans ah uh, who black panther vampire he sighs and stretches himself then murmurs thickly with prolonged vowels <sighs> who drive fergus now and pierce wood's woven shade he turns on his left side sighing doubling himself together bloom poetry well educated pity he bends again and undoes the buttons of stephen's waistcoat to breathe he brushes the wood shavings from stephen's clothes with light hand and fingers one pound seven not hurt anyhow he listens what stephen murmurs shadows the woods white breast dim sea he stretches out his arms sighs again and curls his body bloom holding the hat and ash-plant stands erect a dog barks in the distance bloom tightens and loosens his grip on the ash-plant he looks down on stephen's face and form bloom communes with the night face reminds me of his poor mother in the shady wood the deep white breast ferguson i think i caught a girl some girl best thing could happen him he murmurs swear that i will always hail ever conceal never reveal any part or parts art or arts he murmurs in the rough sands of the sea a cable toes length from the shore where the tide ebbs and flows silent thoughtful alert he stands on guard his fingers at his lips in the attitude of secret master against the dark wall a figure appears slowly a fairy boy of eleven a changeling kidnapped dressed in an eaten suit with glass shoes and a little bronze helmet holding a book in his hand he reads from right to left inaudibly smiling kissing the page bloom wonderstruck calls inaudibly rudy rudy gazes unseeing into bloom's eyes and goes on reading kissing smiling he has a delicate mauve face on his suit he has diamond and ruby buttons in his free left hand he holds a slim ivory cane with a violet bow-knot a white lambkin peeps out of his waistcoat pocket End of section 45